We're going to have fun safely upstairs. Excellent. Brilliant stuff. Um, thank you, Tim. Thank you, band. Um, welcome, everybody. Um, this morning, we're, uh, we're going to explore the next part of our Strong series. And so far, we've looked at being generous and being honouring. And today, we're going to look at how, how do we live strong? Uh, how do we live strong or passionate lives live strong? We're going to look at that, if that's okay. Um, one of our values at Hope House says this, Hope House Church values a vibrant, outward-looking culture where invitation and influence Ensure that individual people value others and know that they are valued. That's one of our kind of core uh, things at the bottom. So I just want to open things up before I kind of get on with this. Uh, just for some scripture, if that's all right. Are we okay with that? Could somebody possibly grab me water? I feel like I'm going to get all high-pitched and croaky, which is not normally me. Thank you, daughter. Appreciate that. Good-looking daughter. Takes after a dad. In Philippians, it says this. It would do if my zapper was working, but it's not, so somebody's going to have to put Philippians on at the back, please. Thank you. Um, It should be working now. Oh. Yeah, it is. Excellent. Thank you. Philippians 3, 79 says this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Which, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own. Thank you, sweetheart. You're gorgeous, like your dad. But th- a righteousness of my own that comes from the Lord, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. It's a very powerful um, few verses, few words. Uh, this passage explains Paul's uh, passion for his faith life. Um, it, because effective Christians know and understand who they are and how they live and what their priorities are. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, where our passion lies. They've identified their purpose and pursue it with passion. So God has a unique purpose for each of us, for each of us. And this relates to our distinctive temperaments, our characters, our abilities, our experiences, our history, our spiritual gifts, our education, the sphere of life that we live in. God has purpose for us, whoever you are. And that purpose becomes... Um, the reason we get out of bed on the morning. So I'm left with a question as I go through this, I want to ask you, why do you get out of bed on the morning? Why do you get kids? <laughs> I didn't say what takes over your life, but what is the purpose of your life? So I, I just want to begin with a, a passion that I've had. Scalelectric. If you weren't busy doing email and watching, you'd see it was scalelectric and nothing naughty when I said passions I've had. So this is a scalelectric set. Oh, I love scalelectric. There are far fewer hands than there should be. There should be every hand in the room should be up at this point. Scalelectric is just awesome. So few people can articulate a clear purpose or reason for their lives. Most people are trying to work it out and, and find a, a reason. But you know, most of us, that's, that's why we develop things like hobbies. It's why we go to parties. It's why we do work. It's why some people do drugs. It's, it's, we can create short-term purpose out of anything. We can find a purpose in almost anything we do. And, and I actually had a capacity to find purpose in, in Skeletric. Because my son entered, years and years ago, and he was about that big, a dads and lads Skeletric competition. Now you'd be, that would be banned. It would have to be a parent and child scale electric competition because we're, we're, we're more enlightened 20 years later. 
So we entered this Skeletics competition at school, and Ian Darlington was there. Everybody look at Ian Darlington, because he got right stroppy because he lost. (laughs) What happened? Me and my son had that car. Oh, boy, that car was good. It had magnets and everything on the bottom. And me and Robert destroyed the opposition. Destroyed the opposition and won the first ever trophy, school trophy, for Scalectrics with that car. People got really uppity like it was real. (laughs) It was dead funny watching people get cross about plastic cars whizzing around tracks. It's not fair, your car's too good. What they didn't know is that at that time, our passion was Scalectric. So Robert and I would spend every waking moment with a humongous, huge skeleton track that took over his entire bedroom. I mean, it was massive. Julie could, periodically, Julie would say, we've got to take the skeleton down simply so I can clean the room. And we just said, well, maybe next week. And it, it just like would hoover around it. It was enormous, the Skeletric track. And Robert and I would spend hours and hours and hours. And you, I know you, some of you have heard me say this before, but we'd, we'd tape the Formula One race with Murray Walker and we'd put the appropriate cars on the track and we'd play the recording back and we'd reenact the entire race with Skeletric cars. So me and Robert, we were awesome. We, we just like lived Formula One Skeletric. So Ian, that's why you lost, not because of the magnets on the car. So I just want to say, brother, 25 years later, get over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's still practicing, he's still, he's still scale electric days, just so he can beat me one day. That car's broken now, I'm sad to say. <laughs> I've had many, many moments like that where you become passionate about something Quite insignificant, quite silly, quite unimportant to me. It's trivial, isn't it? But you can obsess and get excited about things and you can find a reason to get up and to come home and, oh, tonight I can look, get through the working day because I can go and play scale electric. I've had all sorts of passions. You know, scale electric with Robert was one of them. Um, motorcycles has always been another one. Um, painting, I discovered that I enjoy that. Running is obviously the, the main one at the moment. Um, and all of these things can be good for us. Whatever your interests are, they can be good. They can be life-enhancing. They can be fun-filled. But there will always be passing moments. There will always be kind of come-and-go things. And we want to live it in something. We want a life that is bigger than that. We want something more than just fun moments. There's nothing wrong with those fun moments. I love fun moments. I still love doing the things I was saying to Neil earlier. One of the big thrills of, of my summer this year has been getting a toolbox out and dismantling a motorcycle engine and taking it apart. What a thrill just to creatively... So how does this work? Well, let's take it apart and find out. And then let's put it back together and try to remember how it worked. And it was just... It's pleasing. But we tend to be focused as people on the small things on the motorcycle engine, on scale electric, we'll put more effort into going on holiday than we will the other 50 weeks of the year. We concentrate on that break more than we concentrate on our destiny and the person that we are. We're so excited about a break. We tend to react to the moment when we need, as I keep saying, eternity 
in those moments. We can't just live for a moment in time for a thrill because they pass, and that then becomes not fulfilling. We need more than that. We need bigger than that. The only thing that can bring the kind of fulfillment and purpose that we need as people that we're designed for is Christ because we're designed to have a relationship with him. Many of us in this room know that. We know we were designed and created to have a relationship with our Father God. And so it's important that we have that. And without that, there will always be lots of fun things we can do, lots of good things we can do, lots of enjoyable things we can do, but only one fulfilling purpose where we fit. And that is with Christ, through Christ. So it's a passion for God's unique purpose for our lives. And it reminds us to develop an eternal perspective so that whatever we do, even when we're doing hobbies, we do it aware that we have a an eternal perspective and not just a passing moment. That's when we learn to pray, your kingdom come. And, and so whatever your hobby is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we need to discover who we are within it. So, you know, for example, I say I'm, I'm a runner, but am I a runner? No, I'm a Christian who runs. Neil's an engineer. But he's a Christian. He's a, that is bigger he happens to do engineering. That's his identity. Megan is a nurse, but she's a Christian and a nurse. But the biggest part is a relationship, a purpose, her eternal fulfillment. The thing that, well, for Megan, she's a nurse, how critically important is it to be a nurse? How, how vastly precious are people, you know, medical people are, nurses and doctors, we've got a few in this place, how valuable and precious they are. But first of all, they're the lords. They're sons and daughters of the king. And that is so much more important because that's what our purpose grows out of. And that's what I want us to get hold of this morning. So the moments and hobbies and stuff can still have value because they're part of what makes us us, part of what makes us uniquely us. Um, who would Neil be if he didn't wear his hat? And when he sings, uh, he, he does his folk voice, it wouldn't be Neil if he didn't. It's kind of Neil, isn't it? Um, Megan, you know, when she walks around looking gorgeous like a dad. That's what makes Megan, Megan. Everything we are, everything we do, every hobby we have, every interest we could have, every life experience we could have, all of that can be elevated when it's done in Christ, when it's done in a relationship with Jesus. And I know I've been repeating this theme over and over again, but it's about living strong, and we just feel we've got to get hold of these, these concepts and these ideas of eternity within us, in our moments, so that we can begin to not just know it, but to live it, to own it. And I'm repeating this theme over and over again, because we need to own it, for it to be part of what we are, part of our DNA, on our fingerprints. See, when we learn to look outwards and to reach out to others, because we're Christians, whatever our hobby or interest is, Within that, whatever our lifestyle is, when we learn to, li- to look outwards and reach out to others as we value people over possessions, and life is part of an eternal movement, begins to take place. We realize we're part of something eternal. And we begin to live in the eternal, not just in moments. We learn to become God's light in our world, God's light in our workplace, God's light in our street. Not because we're better, but because Christ is alive in us. Because he's better, because he's bigger, he's what gives us purpose. You know, I'm not better than my next door neighbour. In fact, my next door neighbour's a paramedic. She's probably a far more useful person than I am. However, I'm kind of privileged enough to have been found by Christ. And I kind of want my neighbours to know that, wow, 
everything we are and everything we do becomes purer and more what it could be and begins to reflect slowly but surely, day by day, as I disciple, as I learn, as I grow, as I struggle, as I battle, as I try to work out this all God thing, this all Christian thing. Somehow everything is lifted in the light of Christ. And that's really precious to us. And so I, 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 I look at Tom across here, and he says, I get to retire next October. Yeah, can't wait. I've survived another night shift. Yeah, I've survived another night shift. But the point is, while he's surviving, while he's waiting to retire, he gets to be Christ in his workplace. He gets to represent Christ. He's still Tom, being Tom. What I've got to tell you is uniquely Tom. There ain't two of those. There's definitely only one. But he gets to live and to love Christ in that situation and to breathe that. And it's changed his life and people see that. It's lifted everything. And that's true for everybody. Um, our value is found in Christ. So we need to be passionately involved in the life of church. So that what we, this is why we gather. So that we can be built up and encouraged. So we can be sent out. So we can go into all the world. That's the reason we gather. So we can go. We, we are called to gather because we're created to go. Just made that one up, I remember that. We're called to gather because we're created to go. And we need building up. This is ascending church. And so we commission every person in this room who knows Jesus as their Lord to go into all the world, to go to the workplace, to go to the neighbor, to go to the street. Not to bash them with the Bible and to be one of those really annoying religious people. Didn't come to church for that. But people that love like Christ did. You know, Christ just got involved with people's lives. And he appreciated people. He valued people. He saw people and they mattered to him. We've got to be those kind of people. More of that later. Because our passionate living matters. It's how we live strong. So what does passionate living look like? That was the introduction. What does passionate living look like? This is where I get offensive and tell you what it looks like. So who's been a Christian for 30 years? Wow, you're going to get upset in a minute. Who's a new Christian? You'll be all right with this. And we're going to look at who we are. Number one, passionate people means we never schedule God or his people. We never schedule God or his people. There isn't a slot for God and a slot for people. Passionate, strong living Christians, we are just open to God and his people. We're just wide open. We don't drop it in the schedule. Oh, Sunday is God's day. No, our life is God's. That night is the night I do connect group no that i am always church this is part of my family they're consumed passionate people are consumed with belonging they're consumed with being part of church they're consumed with the mission reaching out into all the world living living who they are in the world's community out there this isn't about being obsessive that's different i'm talking about people who are passionate anybody here passionate about their hobby and because you're passionate about it, you find you think about it. And because you think about it, you find you talk about it. And when you're having a conversation with somebody about something completely random, and they say something to you about engineering, my first thought is, oh, I've got a story about marathon running. I can explain to you about that. <laughs> because you're so... I'm so... Because I've got... Well, by now, if you come to church, you know I've got a bit of an obsession. Um, I've got... A marathon coming up next weekend, York Marathon. And so every conversation I have, and I don't try to do this, but every conversation I have, I've got a marathon story to go with it. So Neil might come to me and say, 
yeah, I fixed this massive machine. It took me ages. Let me tell you about things taking ages. When you run a marathon, and I, you just do it. It's just in there. And I, I'm going to reckon Ollie can tell. I'm, I reckon Ollie could, could explain life and the meaning of life through bridge. I reckon he could. And I reckon Paula could do it through cruisers. That would be my guess. Because we're, it comes out of us. So if those kind of things we can be passionate about, find a conversation about, what I'm saying is we're not just obsessive about Christ. We're passionate. So it comes out of us. It's just part of our conversation. I had a great conversation with Rosa this morning. She wanted to encourage Rosa. Rosa said, oh, oh yeah, I, I was like at bingo. And we jokingly went, oh, at bingo. And I said, that's like gambling. But she said, but that's where Jesus would be. And I love bingo. And I know that she'll be Jesus in that setting. She'll talk Jesus because it just is in her, it's in her bones. It will just come out. So we were only teasing you when you said it was gambling. All right. I mean, it is. So repent afterwards. But, but how great is it that even in that setting, Rose is there because she's sort of saying, yeah, but you know me, I'll just wind up talking about Jesus anyway. That's fantastic. See, she's doing it now. My turn. I've got the microphone. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about people who are passionate because it's in their DNA. We are sons and daughters of the house. We're sons and daughters of the king. Of course it's how we talk. Of course it's how we live. Of course we should look passionate. Of course people out there won't quite understand why we talk this way and we get excited about it. You know, when Neil looks at me and I talk to him about marathons, he looks at me as if to say, what? He's got that look on his face that says, I am never doing that. Never doing that. I have, of course, a dream that one day (laughs) we'll get him doing one of the wolf runs. I'll get in a mud run. But how much more with Christ? Because the obbies are a moment. Christ is eternal. So that needs to be coming out of my DNA. That needs to be coming out of my mouth. That needs to be what I'm living. Remembering this though. I'm not just talking about commitment or obsession, but passion, a love for something. We've tended to talk in terms of commitment over the years. Who's ever asked the, the phrase, use the phrase or being asked, are you committed to this? Are you committed to church? Oh, I shiver every time I hear that phrase. I always have done. I kind of know what it means. I know it's right, but it scares me. I instantly just feel under pressure and guilty. Is anybody, is it just me that does that? Somebody says, are you going to be committed to that? And I instantly just think, guilt, pressure. So all my motivation for them being there is wrong. I want to explore that in a few moments' time and explain why commitment is a good thing and a passionate thing. But being a Christian is so much more than being an employee or a club member who ought to turn up. It has a spiritual eternal DNA that could flood out of us. Um, it's based upon a loving relationship. And in 1 John chapter 4, this is Jesus speaking. Um, no, it's not. It's somebody writing about Jesus. Um, I call John. <laughs> we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. You know, we're just a loving, passionate people. That should be what we are. And we love people. People matter. Why? Because God matters and God loves them. And so if we love God who loves people, we've got to be lovers of people. They've got to matter to us. You don't clock in and out of being family. You know, my son, bless him, he's my son. I'm sorry, it just is. He just is. 
There's no way out. Like, you're stuck with it. Well, for either of us. We're just trapped in this scenario. You don't clock in and out. Whatever the relationship is, good or bad, you don't clock in and out of that. It just is the truth. His DNA is my DNA. It just is. And it should be that with his people. You know, we are children of the living God. We're children of the house. Children of our Father. That just is. When a parent only has visiting rights to a child, they're still a parent, but with restrictions. We can't have just visiting rights with God's family. There can't be restrictions. We are a 24-7 eternal people, the children of God. We cannot have visiting rights. We just are his people. That's why we gather. So we can build up and encourage and go. Of course, there's a ton of meaning outside of this. The world is full of great stuff. Did you know that? I really get stalled sometimes when we tell everybody how bad the world is out there and how terrible and horrible it is. The world is full of great people. Full of really great people doing amazing great things. I know there's a, it's full of idiots doing idiot things as well. But fundamentally, it's full of great people. They're doing great things, but they don't know Jesus is. So they can do great things in a moment, but he wants to have a relationship with them so that their moments become eternity. That's the nature of our loving God. That he can change and transform, that we can repent and be redeemed, that we can put aside all the messy stuff that gets in the way and begin again a passionate new life with Christ that is about eternal. We take that eternal from the inside and take it outside. So the second thing I want to say, there's only four of these. second thing, passionate means we can be excited about the possibilities, not defeated by the impossibilities. If we're passionate, there's always a way. It's amazing. That you'll work it out somehow. If you really believe that, if you're really passionate about it, you will find a way. It's amazing to me. People make their hobbies happen. Somehow, they make it happen. Somehow, somehow guitarists can always find a reason to buy another guitar. <laughs> you know, I'm not looking at anyone in particular, Robert, Ben. Johnny's not here, can't mention him. Ben's in the back. Yeah, but he's got the speaker on. Ben, this is the voice. Sorry, there's a speaker through in the kids' lounge. Ben, buy a new guitar. <laughs> buy a new guitar. Okay, for those who don't know, Ben sat in crash and he's just heard it through the speaker system, the voice of the Lord, and his wife is now very happy with me. <laughs> Matthew 26. Jesus, this time, did say this. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, if we live in the moment of ourselves, there will always be restrictions. But when we live in God's eternity, all things are possible. There will be a way. We don't always know the timing, but there will be. In every gathering, there are problems because there are people. In this room, there are problems because there are people in it. But put God in the gathering, and there are possibilities. Put God in this room, and anything can happen. But, um, ben and his son are now excited because they're going to guitar shop. Um, <laughs> put God in the gathering, and there are possibilities. But when all things are possible in God, then we learn that our lives are lives of movement and possibility, not defeat. So I want to tell you this morning, if you feel like there's defeat in your life, 
You just need to get that glimpse of who God is, that eternal DNA, that who you can be in Christ. If you don't know Jesus this morning as your Lord, it's a weird phrase, isn't it, as your Lord and Savior. During our fellowship time, talk to us. What's a fellowship time? Whenever Tim says we're having a fellowship time, I feel like a hobbit chasing a ring. When we're having coffee and being friends later, when we're, yeah, when we're doing like coffee and chatting and being friendly and family, and just talk to one of us. Great chance to discover who Jesus is. You see, the worst case situation becomes an opportunity to see that the Lord has made a way. When we face problems, we get to say, the Lord will make a way where there's no way. Because that's the nature of our God. So when we face the impossible, it becomes possible in God. We get the opportunity to see him making a way. It's about our vision. It's about what we focus on. The problem or the possibility. I've got new glasses. Thank you. Was that a lady? Please be a lady. Don't be a man that whistled at me. Sorry. Um, They're smaller than my old ones. So to begin with, all I focused on was the frame. So I was like walking around like this. I mean, people must have thought there was something wrong with me when I was walking down the street in Barnsley because I was literally walking like that. Looking, They were really annoying me, the frames, because they're much, much smaller than my old ones. But then I stopped focusing on the frames and started looking through the lens and seeing these clearly and properly. Church, we've got to look through a God lens. We've got to see the possible and the impossible. Don't look at the frame and the restriction or the edge. Look at, look, at, look at the focus of it. Look at Christ. Look at what can be done in this place. Look at what can happen. You know, one of our biggest, oh, we need a roof next door. Yeah, we do, and it's impossible. All things are possible in Christ. But my family are not Christians. How on earth are my family going to discover who Jesus is? I don't know. It's impossible. All things are, all things are possible through Christ. It's just about where you focus. Focus on the Lord. Focus on Jesus. And I promise you, you begin to see the impossible become possible. It truly can happen, whether it's your health and the physics. You know, there's, a, there's an adage, when you're a motorcyclist, you go where you look. Anybody that's ridden a motorcycle, if you look at it, you hit it. You go where you look. And I have no idea how that works, because you don't tell your body to do anything. You just look at where you want to go, and the bike goes there. If you look at the pothole, you will hit the pothole. If you look past the pothole, you will not hit the pothole. You go where you focus. We've got to focus on the Lord. We've got to focus on Jesus. If you don't know Jesus is, you've got nothing to focus on. So you can get by and you can do well. You can even live decent life. You can live happy life. You can live good life. But the ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate purpose, the eternal, is only found in Christ. So the third thing, passionate people means we value people. Please hear me. Passionate Christians have hobbies and interests outside the building. I certainly do. It's all right to have interests outside of this building. Uh, you know, I'm a marathon runner, I'm a Christian marathon runner, we've said all that kind of thing. We gather because we're passionate about God, and we value each other as family, as tribe, as the house. It's our identity that builds us to go and value others. So we value people in this room. If you meet in this room, if you're part of this body, you matter. You just do. doesn't mean you get everything you want. My kids never got everything they wanted. But I valued them nonetheless. In Jesus, we don't value those who we don't tell. So we need to be people that gather so we can go and tell. I want to value my family. I want to value my neighbors. I want to value work colleagues. I want to value the people in Costa Coffee. I want to value the people in the checkout at Asda. 
So I want to tell them who Jesus is. I want to live a life that gives them an opportunity to ask a question. I value people's lives. So in my Facebook page, I want them to see that my life has value. I'm in a whining piece of work like everybody else. I want to be the person that speaks well of others on Facebook, that speaks positively, that can, that can speak passionately about who Jesus is, that can speak passionately about life and friends and connections, so that people are able to say, there's something light, there's something, but tell me, what, you know, tell me about this passion, tell me about this stuff. Passionate Christians can't help but see people through the lens of the Great Commission, going to all the world, make disciples. They're not gospel fodder, not, your neighbor isn't there for just bashing over the head with the Bible. They're there to be loved because Christ loved them. And so we love them. So we pray for our neighbors. We live our Christian life in front of our unchurched friends. So it's important that you have a hobby. It's important that you have interests. It's important that you get out there. It's important that you live life. But it's important that you gather here, you're built up so you can go out there. But you go out there not to become invisible, not to be under camouflage, but you go out there to live as Christ. Because we value those people. Tell you how much we value them. We value them because Christ gave his life for them. So I've just got to sometimes face a bit of public embarrassment for them. We hang out with people who are far from God because it's part of who we are, part of who Jesus is, and not just a part of what we do. If you're doing it because you ought to, because you're committed, people will know you're doing it because you ought to. If you're doing it because you love Christ and you love them, they will know it. They will know they're just being valued. We're going to all the world to make disciples, apprentice Christians, because we are passionate for the Lord and value people. We are called to be beacons, to be light in our community. So that when I go sit on a council committee, I don't go and sit on the council committee representing the church so I can tell the council about everything it's doing wrong and why it's making a mess of this, not doing that right, doing this right. I go there to be an encouragement, speak positively, to ask Tough questions sometimes to be involved, to say, I'm, I'm here because this stuff matters, because what you matters to you matters to us. We're there to encourage, we're there to be light, not just there to complain. Even when we've got to complain, how we couch that complaint needs to be constructive and solution and helpful and caring. We're called to be beacons, light in our community, so that people who want nothing to do with Jesus come to us for help to find out about Jesus. That's who we're called to be. So we're called to be. Our lives carry that kind of hope. That's why we're called Hope House. And that's, you know, we're sons and daughters of Hope House. We're part of this family, which is a part of God's family. You know, there are churches right across this region that are part of God's family. This is our local representation. This is our house. This isn't about intellectual connection, entertainment, or position. They're passing moments for small living. It's about family, it's about belonging, it's about purpose, it's about fulfillment, it's about being a Christ movement, it's about eternity entering our moment. You know, whenever I speak like this, I feel really weird. Does anybody know why I feel really weird? Because when I was 16, I went for a job with British Gas, because I didn't have many qualifications, and, but my dad had worked there, so I figured, ooh. I could wangle a job here if I drop on. I could get an apprenticeship, and I did. So at 16, I became a fairly unqualified, not many O-level 
apprentice service engineer, nobody call me a gas fitter. Unless you want to, if you call me a plumber or a gas fitter, you're going to really see me lose my rag passionately. I was a service engineer. We were like the top grade. <laughs> then you get gas fitters, and then you get plumbers, because they only deal with water, because they're scared of gas, all right? So I was a, I was a, I was a heating engineer, eventually a commercial heating engineer. But what blows my mind is the journey of life, because you become passionate about Christ. How Jesus changes that and uses that. And connections I still have from when I was an apprentice. Conversations I've had even recently. But you were an apprentice at British Gas when I was. What do you do now? It's funny you should ask. So you get a Gary John. Was a teacher. Who lived up a spiral staircase just around the corner from here. When I met him as an 18, 19 year old who eventually got a degree. You did get it eventually, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Second second attempt. I thought it used to be three attempts. Second attempt. (laughs) Although becomes a primary teacher. Although becomes a head teacher of a Christian school. Although he's doing a doctorate in education and cultural values and where Christianity and faith fits into all of that. It's got a long title, I can't even begin where he gets called up and down the country because he was passionate about Jesus. He's been passionate about his job and passionate about many things, but ultimately all of that has happened because first and foremost, no matter what, good times or bad times, when push comes to shove, when the back's against the wall, when you've got to work out who you are and what your identity is, Gary John's never been able to run away from it, but I'm a Christ. I'm a Christ. Yeah. And that has influenced and affected every aspect of his life ever since. And that should be true of each one of us that it changes who we are. So the fourth thing is passionate means we get to do it, not that we've got to do it. This is a closing bit. We get to do it, not that we've got to do it. Gary John gets to do this now. He's not got to. He gets to do it because he's passionate about it. We can have a very negative view of church. Many people do. When we become cynical, not only does that affect our relationship with people, but it does with God too. Get cynical about the church, you get cynical about God because you're getting cynical about God's kids. Hey, this is, the, this is God's family. He's building his church. Don't ask me why he put us all together. His choice. But I'm figuring he's God. He knows better than I do. So when somebody comes and says, it's weird, that church. I'd go to your church, but that person's in it. Well, you know what? God put them there, not me. It's like he's building his church. Take it up with him, not with me. Those people would love church if they were the one in it. I can't help that. But God will build his church. Just recently, oh my days, this has really rankled me. Somebody said, apparently, not going to name any names, but if you're listening to this recording now, you know who you are. I'd go to your church, but it's not clever enough. It's not intellectual. It's not stimulating me. <laughs> Fine. There's no shortage of places to try. These are God's kids. Love them. Love them. You know. 
in the natural, sometimes we have kids that are special needs. We love them. In the natural, we have kids that are super bright. They're so clever and so capable, the special needs. And then we've got all those in between. We've got a world full of normal averages, fairly tediouses. We've got a world full of me's that are gas men <laughs> that do other things now. But we're God's kids. Love them. Value them. When we become cynical, become cynical about God. Let's not be cynical about God. Let's love God's people. Let's love God. That's what we're called to be. We've got to be committed to this. But what does commitment look like? Commitment without love brings contempt. Commitment with love brings passion. You know, in Scripture it says, break bread. Do it often, but don't let familiarity breed contempt. Love it. Love the fact that you're breaking bread. Love that you're doing it within the context of the church. Love that you get to be part of this. Love that God is building this. He will build his church. Love that you're part of that. Love that you have the privilege of that. It's not every day is going to be a picnic in church. Not every day of your life is going to be a picnic. You will have headaches and frustrations. There will be illnesses and loss. There will be challenges to your faith. But here's the deal. He will build his church. He brings us together. This is God, kids. Some days we turn up to do this because we should turn up to do it. Because we're human. But we turn up because we love it. Because this is God's work. Because God has called his people into being. Because God is passionate about this town. Because God loves Barnsley. And he's placed us in as a body of people. Get this. Jesus loves Barnsley so much, he put us in it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, that's like a, like a double whammy. Is it like, he loves it so much, he's going to put people in it that can go and tell them about who he is. Yay, who are they? You, oh. bit overwhelming that isn't it a little bit overwhelming but when there is passion love for the lord and his people becomes who we are we don't have to do this we get to do this we don't have to do church nobody has to do church we get to do church we get to walk alongside people we get to discover their stories i get to talk i do has anybody ever actually asked rosa about her life history she can tell it in real time it's brilliant She's got an amazing story in God. Yeah. Anybody stop to ask Ryder about her amazing history and all the things God has done in her life? You need to know it. Has anybody ever asked Tom about, so why did you become a Christian, Tom? Just ask him that question. Tell me about your life. It's worth hearing. We've got all sorts of people in this room who've done all sorts of things because of, purely because they've become Christians because they're in the church. They've had life experiences and done things, seen things, and know people that would never have happened had they not given their life to Christ. How amazing is that? Many of those people had decent, good lives, but wow, in Christ does it go to a whole new level. It's a whole new, not moment living, but eternal living. When there's passion for his people. This isn't work. This is family. This is tribe. This is church. This is being a son and daughter of Hope House Church that Jesus is building. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 1 Corinthians says this, For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. We get to be part of this. We get to be church builders. It matters. Church matters. This thing matters. So, you know, what's the vision for Hope House Church? As many people as we can possibly get. And then people say, oh, it's not all about numbers. Oh, yes, it is. Because if we don't get them saved, there is no eternity. So it's 
absolutely categorically about numbers. That's why I believe in big church. Because it is about numbers and about influence. Because we want to see people saved and their eternity is one. We don't want to see one person lost. So yes, it's about numbers. So Lord, help us be co-workers that build your church. But help us to build it strong as great Christian apprentices that honor God and are passionate about who we are. Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I can read that verse and know that I believe God will build his church and he will. And it will prevail. Some days are work, that's okay, but other days it's joy because we have Jesus who is passionate about us and gives a life of passion and purpose. The band can come back if they want to. It's all right, when I say that, the entire congregation goes, nearly over. So they're going to play for 20 minutes while I finish off. As Christians, we get to do this. We, we, we get to bring hope. We get to introduce people to forgiveness. We get to introduce people to repentance. We get to, to introduce people to fullness of life. Scripture says that it doesn't just give us life. It gives us fullness of life. So lots of people are living life, but in Christ is the only place we can find fullness of life, abundance of life, as Scripture puts it. Church, this is a privilege, not a problem provided we are people who value passionate living for Jesus, so that that affects our Monday morning. If we're passionate about this body, oh, they really are going to play while I'm talking, not for 20 minutes. If we are passionate about the Lord, we are passionate about his people, it will make us passionate about our Monday mornings. It will make us passionate about it. Because we'll understand how much God values me. It will understand how much he values you. We will understand how much he values us as a people. Then we get an inkling as to how much he values the people around us in the world. The work colleagues. Who are precious people. Who have got life going on. The woman in the shop, who was, well, the woman in Morrison's, who was always crotchety and tells me off I'll put my feet on the table when I'm having coffee. The Lord loves her. I know she's got some table issue going off, but the Lord loves her. So my response is not to be stroppy back to her, but to apologize, take my feet off the table, and for once be a nice customer who might just then, when I bump into her in Costa, get to have a nice conversation. So now she always says hello to me when I walk down the street. This is a woman that I wanted to knock off her feet six months ago. <laughs> God got the upper hand. And I hope for the conversation where I can say to you, when she says, so what is it you do? Why are you here so often? Where do you work? And I got to say to her, see that big white building across the road with a big blue sign that says Hope House? Yeah, what, what is that? It's our church. That's, I'm the pastor there. Great conversation. Had I been a piece of work and told the way to stick a table, which is what I wanted to do in the human, I would never have had that conversation to tell her about who Jesus is. I wouldn't have dared tell her after that. <laughs> So are you ready for Monday morning? Are you prepared to live passionately Monday morning? What does that look like? What does it sound like? When we get passionate about God and his people, suddenly all things are possible when we are living strong. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Church, I just want to encourage us this morning to live passionately, to live it out there to be big about it. I'm not saying live perfectly. You notice I've not said live perfectly. I've never once said live perfectly. 
We have, a, we have a thing on our Facebook page and website. You, you've seen the thing. I need to do a new one of Ken and Barbie, and it says, No Perfect People Allowed. Because anybody walks through that door and tells me they're perfect, wow, they're probably messier than any of us. There are no perfect people in this room, but there can be passionate people in this room. We're not a bunch of Christians. We must never be the church that says we are better than. We are a church that are passionate about Christ. And that transcends every culture, every nationality, every part of history, every experience of life as we'll move from the moment to eternal living. So I'm going to read a prayer this morning. And I want to challenge you all to amen it. This is the prayer we pray when we become Christians for the first time. And I want you to think on the very simple words that I'm just going to read out. I don't, they don't need to be up there, I'm just going to read them out. And I'm going to ask that we bow our heads while I read them. Because if these things are true, we need to be passionate. And with our lives, sometimes they're very difficult for many of us here. We need to be passionate about Christ so we can focus on who he is and see the impossible become possible. Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I have done things wrong in my thoughts and words and actions. There are so many good things I've not done. There are so many wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for those wrong things and turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on the cross. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life. Amen. That prayer takes passion. Takes truth. Takes love. Takes reality. And it can only be offered to us. That relationship can only be offered because God first had passion. Had love. He focused on us and gave us everything. We simply give it back. And so we're going to worship. We're going to sing. And that part of our service is closed. We get to do fellowship next door. We get to do coffee and friendship and family. But if you do want prayer, while we're singing this, you are really welcome to come and stand at the front. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for the impossible to become possible. We can pray for healing. We can just pray for encouragement. We can pray for focus. We can pray for salvation, that you become a Christian. We can just pray. We can just stand with you. We might just stand next to you and say, there's nothing to say. We're just standing next to you because you matter. We're prepared to do that. But right now, let's just sing. Let's bring our worship. And if you want to come and stand there, you are really welcome. But just where you are, just wear this. Live strong. Live passionate. Let eternity in. Amen.
we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I thank you that we are standing here because of you. Lord, I pray that we would just be a light in this town, Lord. Lord, we'd be a light in our workplace, our home. Lord, I pray that your name would be lifted high. Lord, I thank you so much for the purpose for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you go before us. Lord, I pray that we just have easy conversations with people. Lord, I pray that we just declare how incredible God you are. Amen. Thank you so, so much for being with us this morning. Uh, if you're new to us, you are so, so welcome. We've got our connections corner at your left. I think Mark's there. Uh, we'd really like to get connected with you. Um, we've got teas and coffees. And this evening, we've got our live lounge at six. So we'll see you later.